Hey. Hello. How are you? Hey, great. Good to hear from you, man. Hello. How uh, you been? Been good. Been good. How have you been? Busy. Busy. Uh, the medical field is pretty crazy with the uh, SARS-2 coronavirus. Yes. So uh, are we recording right now? Yes, we are live. Wait, are we, are we, are we live like, in the recording live or live like it's going out right now? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's recording right now. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, don't worry. I make sure to edit out uh, bits and pieces here and there. The last yeah. episode me and my friends did, I think we, it was 120 minutes. I had to cut out like 40 minutes of, our, of hey, you need to send me. You need to send me a link because I'll listen to it. Oh no, no! It's 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 literally just it's about what you would expect—a bunch of no. Well, now mis- that I'm on it, I want to see it. Oh fuck no! Come on, Greg. So okay, okay, I'm just gonna Google it and then and hope something. No, comes no, no, up. no, 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 no. We we got a set amount of time. Let, let's let's get to the topic at hand first, and then we'll, I'll, I'll send you a link afterward. All right? Please, that's, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. All right. Gotcha. So, uh, Kamala Harris Veep for Joe Biden. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I don't think this is an unexpected move. No. Um, but I, um, as a, a moderate, it if I put myself in the sh- in um, in the shoes of just someone middle of the road, mm-hmm. like dead middle, like undecided, could go either way. Okay. Uh, which I know that's very probably very few of those types of people in uh, this polarized climate we're in now. I think you're pretty much one camp or another but if you are one of the few undecided people i think that kamala harris will make it more difficult for you to um to support a joe biden ticket why do you think that i'm just um, curious i think that the the media um i think the trump campaign has done a very good job painting her as um a far left um Radical, and then she, of course, has the mud that was slung at her during the primary campaign from the other uh, Democrats. The other Democrats that, that that still hasn't, I don't think, full. I think that's still in people's minds. You know, that's true. But the mud slung at her was by from her left. Like I think Tulsi Gabbard pretty much ended her entire right, which, which I, career. Which I think that will make it more difficult for people on the far left to. Um, to want, I think it can make it more difficult for them to support Biden. I think that could mm-hmm. lower turnout and ultimately be a bad thing for the DNC. Um, I mean, I think I've already heard on Twitter people, and you sent me this, someone calling her Cop Mala. Cop Mala Harris, yeah. So, because she's uh, a, a cop or was a cop. She was a DA. Of a California. DA, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, someone solidly on the, uh, the progressive left, uh, just from not even my own opinions, but they are my opinions pretty much. But like they, they hate her. They absolutely despise right. Kamala Harris. And I, I uh, think this is – I think Joe Biden could have gone with a more moderate candidate. I wouldn't even say um, moderate. How about just one that's not just universally hated? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean I, I think I would find it more palatable. I would find a Joe Biden administration more palatable if um, you had a more middle-of-the-road traditional Democrat, you know, someone from the establishment. But Joe Biden is from the establishment. He is the establishment. 
But I, I, I think that the big fear is is that Joe Biden costs himself a transition candidate. That's so true. what happens if he steps down or you know, delegates more responsibility than a president would usually delegate to the vice president? You know, no, is that's, that's true, Kamala yeah. Harris going to be Lyndon B. Johnson, where for the remainder of the Biden term, she does what Joe would have done, like Lyndon did for um, Kennedy, before really aggressively pursuing a new agenda when he's or she, in this but, case, would be reelected? But, I mean, Johnson was a fairly solid you know, New Deal Democrat. Like, the guy yes. literally was recommended by FDR to go fly missions over uh, Tinian. No, but I, mean, uh, I think, I think we, we look at, you know, that, that, that's the perspective that you get in history. You, you're told that, you know, and Lyndon B. Johnson had so much respect for JFK that he just. No, they fucking hate each other. Kept the ship sailing. It's a great moment for him. And you're like, no, that's just probably not what happened. But um, it works for the narrative. And I, I don't think that Kamala Harris would do that. I, I don't think any politician would do that now. I think if you're the if Mike Pence, uh, if Donald Trump dies tomorrow, I think Mike Pence would not feel any obligation to necessarily continue the Donald Trump policies if he disagrees with them. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing: Johnson comparison to Johnson is probably apt considering how old Joe Biden is. Uh, Johnson, I believe he was the head of the, the head of the Senate before he became. I think uh, so. Yeah. Beep. Yeah. So he had, you know. One of the greatest legislatures in American history. He passed so much legislation, whereas Kamala Harris's credentials are actually really, really thin. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a comparison. I was just making the comparison because the popular perception is that he carried out JFK's wishes for the yeah, remainder yeah. of that term. And well, I, it's, more, it's more of a contrast. My bad. More of a contrast. Yeah. Like no. Like yeah. I mean, ser- seriously, what? legislation has Kamala Harris introduced in the Senate? What le- can you uh, think of? I, I honestly can't think of anything. I, ca- I can't think of anything. What, what, uh, I mean, she, how long has she been a Senator? Uh, Alexa, how long has Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Harris, it's not going to get it now. <laughs> it's not helpful. Alexa, how long has Kamala Harris been in the Senate? Three, Three years, years and seven months. So she's a freshman senator. Yes. But Barack Obama was a freshman senator as well. A junior senator. Yeah. That that is true. That is true. But I don't know. I just that's that is kind of worrying. She doesn't have the credentials, like the expertise when it comes to foreign policy, it comes to domestic crises. No, you know, I I, I just want to harp quick on freshman um senator as a um a phrase. You know, junior senator, when you say that, that implies less experience, but you could be the junior senator if you got elected one term after the other senator from your state. If you could literally be older than the other senator from your state, but still be the junior senator. So I I think that saying junior senator is kind of um, a, a great tool to use to attack someone, people who really don't know how the legislative system works. True. You but know, again, I, but, she's but, only know, been there for three years. You're, you're right. I, I, I think that that is just a 
a, a phrase that implies things that aren't necessarily there. Um, True, but again, her when it comes to the actual domestic policy and foreign policy, she's got nothing. She's really. not. No, you're right in this case. But I think in every case, you, if you wanted to make something misleading using that, you could do that. Yeah, no, saying. I mean, that's yeah, of course. Like, if you're like a governor for 20 years and you just become a senator, Democrat for president, you're obviously different than, you know, a 35 year old running for Senate right out of, you know, right. law yes. school or something. But uh, I, I'm curious to see why why you think the uh, Kamala Harris is not moderate, per se. Or, no, or Joe I, I didn't say she wasn't moderate. I said the Trump campaign has painted her as not moderate. Uh, don't you think that that all right? So if the Trump administration is going to lose this election, uh, it's going to be less, they're going to put all their cards on that, like calling Joe Biden a far left. Yes, <laughs> I'm like this is the dude who wrote the crime bill. His vice no, president right. is the DA. I I I, I think it's, it's a difficult narrative to thread, um, but I I I I I don't think it matters. Right, like I, I think if Donald Trump told them tomorrow that Joe Biden, um, I, I I don't know, had a transgender girl, a transgender boyfriend in the nineteenth, a black transgender boyfriend in the nineteen sixties, I'm not sure that his base wouldn't believe that. You know, I don't want to say that's a bad thing, but I I'm just trying to illustrate how much I think Trump's base just buys into whatever the campaign sells them. No, that's true. There's very, very little critical thought going on there. Uh, so now that Kamala Harris is Veep, uh, Veep pick, uh, honestly, at this point, with coronavirus approaching 160,000 uh, dead, over five I, make it good. I don't think a black transgender boyfriend's a problem, necessarily. I, I think Trump's base would have a problem with that. No, you know no, I mean? yeah. I, I want to yeah. be perfectly crystal clear so I don't get, like, cancel monorail news or anything Yeah, yeah. Um, like on the, Twitter. The, the three people that actually listen to this podcast. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. a massive campaign against me. I'll never be able to live it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll end your career, Gray. Before they even started, uh, a light stuff down. <laughs> Cut down in the prime of existence. Mm-hmm. No, but how do you think uh, with with the deaths piling up and the cases piling up? What do you think? Uh, how do you think the election is going to go now? Because last I've heard is some polls Trump's starting to rise a little bit, but Biden yeah, I heard still ten percent lead is what I read in the New York Times this morning. That's yeah, that's about what I I saw. Yes, eight to ten. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I, I know that your Trump supporters are inclined to not believe polls because look at how long wrong they got it last time. One of but, my, you know, I, I think yeah. that polls, I, I think the problem with polls are that people don't understand how polls work, right? They yeah. think 70% in favor of John Smith means that John Smith's going to win 70% of the time. Yeah, there's right, that 30% you're going to lose. <laughs> right, and that's not and that, that, that 30% is real. And that doesn't mean the poll was wrong if he wins, right? Yeah. My my uh, favorite what I see it all the time on YouTube comments. But 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 2016. I'm like, okay, here's the thing. 
Donald Trump is president now. We have over 150,000 dead. The economy is in the worst depression since 1927. This is not 2016. If you think this is 2016, you're fucking insane. This country is not the same country it was in 2016. We are not the same people we were in 2016. Because <laughs> uh, we have hindsight. We've seen... You're right, Kaylee. Double down. Honestly, part of me feels like that. Yeah, there, there's a specific part of the nation that would just never abandon the political candidates. You know, I, I, I think that is that is unfortunate. I was talking uh, two days ago about how, to me, the Republican Party is basically waiting for their base to die off. Right, because let's oh, let's be God. real here, okay? The, at, at the, with the with the with the um, their party platform as it stands, right? That they don't really have any substantive new ideas that affect the problems facing younger people, uh, millennials, you know, Gen Z. Um, I think they are strongly holding on to the older demographic, the, you know, 40, 50, 60 plus. Um, And I don't think that they're going to be willing to let that go until it's too late for them. Yeah, but I will say this. Demographics aren't insured. Uh, I I hear that a lot. I've heard it. Oh, I, I think it was that dumbass James Carville I've heard before. You know who that is, right? No. Uh, anyway, he was he worked for the Clinton administration. He's the one that came up, actually, I think, started the whole birther thing with Obama during. A, OK, the, uh, maybe I heard the name during the Clinton 08 uh, presidential campaign. But anyway, he you know, he later came back and, you know, tried to make up with Obama and said, oh, yeah, we have a black president. You know, we have the minorities vo- voting for Democrat for the next 50 years. It's like, right. yeah, yeah, but you kind of have to assume people are a monolith. To, to, to think that you know, I I just people aren't a monolith. What I'm trying to say is that the Republican Party does not have any new solutions. They're totally banking on the old system working. And I think if there's one constant right now that we can all recognize is we are in a period of global transition. Right, the old system, <laughs> the old post World War II system created by and large by the United States that outlasted the Soviet sphere yep. is ending. Right? It is. And, it is. Yeah. And uh, we're, I, I we're agree. Be different. And the Republican Party is not, and I think, and I think the Democratic establishment and I think the um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez squad of the world, I don't think they're really recognizing that. I, I think they're basing all of their policies and all of their solutions off the assumption that the United States is and will forever be the predominant global economy, the predominant global power. And I think that is far from guaranteed. No, in fact, uh, this is probably going to get me into trouble. But uh, I think probably within 10 years, we're going to sit down and have the same conversation. We're going to be like, yeah, well, look at the Chinese, you know, economic superpower. I uh I mean, again, I know we've had this conversation before, Greg, but you just look what the Chinese have accomplished in the last 20 years. Like, it's, it's just, it blows my mind. Like, I mean, their GDP went from, like, what? Back in 1980, like, what? Like, a trillion to, what, 16 trillion now? <laughs> now, it is fair to mention that that is a period of 40 years between 1980 and 2020. 
With, but that's, that's still remarkable. They oh, yeah, pressed the Industrial two, Revolution. Two Industrial Revolutions. Like a span of 60 years. Two Industrial Revolutions. Now there's transitioning to a, a high uh, service based economy with high. Uh, High quality maintenance, you know, maintenance of high uh, complexity products and like data chips and all that good stuff. Yeah, it it's scary. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's a good way, to, a good segue into uh, the China question. Uh, I know you're familiar with Thucydides' trap, right? Um, explain it for the audience. Okay, so uh, there was a Greek historian, an Athenian historian in general, named Thucydides of Athens. Uh, and he fought during the Pel- Peloponnesian War against the Spartans. And after the war, Athens lost, uh, and Sparta became the dominant superpower in Greece until the Macedonians came. But anyway, so he later wrote a history and explained, like, the, tried to lay out what caused this war to happen. What happened? Why, why did Spartan and Athens, two Greek nations, fight such a devastating war? Uh, well, he basically summed it down to the Athenians were the dominant superpower at the time, the established superpower. The Spartans were a rising superpower, a rising regional power. They both mistrusted each other. They had very poor dialogue and communication with each other. Uh, and that mistrust eventually bled over to open conflict. Right. And Which that seems pretty... like it's happening now. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Like, holy shit. I see this stuff like every day. I'm like, OK, yeah, this is. I, I get like World War pre-World War One vibes. It's like the British and the Germans competing like the naval arms race between the two. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that U.S. military superiority is guaranteed for a longer time than U.S. homogeny um, yeah, is guaranteed, yeah. right? Like, I think, I, I, I don't think that the U.S. will be usurped as the dominant military power for a while. Yeah. Right? But I don't think China needs to be the dominant global military power to be a dominant global financial and political power. Yeah, and if if they are proving that they have undue influence just because of the size of their consumer base. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It uh, in fact, the United States was the largest creditor after World War Two, I think up until the 80s and 90s. Now, guess who it is? China. China. It's China. They they are literally implementing the new Marshall Plan for for in it for the world. And it's it's really scary. Uh, But yeah, I don't know the initiative, brother. The Belt Silk, uh, the Belt and Road Initiative, uh, yeah, and it's I, like you said. I don't think this next war is going to be fought with bullets, tanks, or bombs. At least I hope not. But it's definitely going to be fought with dollars, trade routes, and the infrastructure spending and stuff. Which again, we they have the advantage. Well, like you know, we might be the established power, but we have the disadvantage right now. I mean, I, I, I don't think Americans think of war in that way and i think that is going to be detrimental because i i think we assume that we can win because we have the largest military power that's true that's true that in a conventional war we win but i i don't think our population considers foreign aid and infrastructure and trade routes as a form of warfare yeah. Right. I think that we see this, especially with Donald Trump. He's like, why are we giving all this foreign aid? You know, like, we're not giving foreign aid because we're nice. Right? We <laughs> have a political in- investment, right? That's not, we're not giving a country 
let's say hypothetically a billion dollars because we like that country, there are strings attached or we are ingratiating right, ourselves and building soft power. Yeah, and that, right. that's really the key soft power. And yeah, I, 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 agree. I, I don't think that Donald Trump understands soft power or he doesn't care about it. And I certainly don't think his supporters probably don't even know what soft power is. I probably think of something sexual, <laughs> but uh, no. And in fact, you're actually seeing the uh, the battle the battlegrounds and alliances being drawn up right now. I mean, Christ, uh, China and Iran just signed what a seven hundred billion dollar economic agreement. Yeah. Uh, so you're again. So you're seeing the the lines drawn up. The Saudi American coalition, Israeli coalition versus the Iranian Chinese coalition. <laughs> Now, won't that be bizarre to see Israel and Saudi Arabia fighting alongside against the Chinese-Iranian threat? I just oh, it, think it, sarcastic. It, 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 I mean, that, but it could happen. No, I mean, it's, it's happened before. I mean, before the Shah was overthrown, the Americans, the Saudis, and Israelis were all, and Iranians were all on the same page. Uh, so, yeah, it's, politics makes make strange bedfellows for sure. Uh I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it, I, I don't think a lot of people understand the gravity of the situation and what's going on right now. No, I mean, I, I, I tell people all the time that I don't care about domestic issues right now. I, I know that that's narrow, but I think we need people who are willing to look like that. And we need people who are willing to look solely at domestic issues as well, right? I do, I, think, uh, I do think it is important to build up the domestic front to hold down the 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 foreign front because my my reasoning is if half your population can't afford a damn doctor or is evicted on the fucking streets or if your roads or to quote my friend cam uh, if your infrastructure gets a grade of d minus then how the fuck are you going to beat the chinese in a trade agreement with like indonesia no i mean you are right but what i'm saying is i i I try to see Domestic policy through a foreign policy lens, if that makes sense. You know, mm. everything has the ultimate goal of how is this putting us on the world stage? How is this doing for us against China? Right. And I, and I think that you need people yeah. who look at domestic issues solely because they're domestic issues and with that lens. Right. But I, I, I think it's important to have people who think about things in both ways. No, yeah, fair but enough. I'm, fair I'm enough. not saying that my foreign policy viewpoint to see everything is the one righteous thing, and we should all be doing that and to hell <laughs> with anything else. No, we need a balance. No doubt, no doubt. And they need to support each other for sure. Uh, yeah, it is, it is, it's amazing to see how brazen China has been in the last – what eight months since this virus is spread like yeah the attack on the indians and the uh i forgot the lakde province in Kashmir. uh it's it's insane yeah truly insane uh and they're only gonna get more brazen i think no and you know people uh people wonder um uh if you don't know who I am, I, I run Monroe News, which is a Disney theme park blog. And people, um, when I tell them I'm a policy student, they go, oh, my gosh, how's that connect? And I'm like, well, you know, up until recently, China has panther diplomacy. We have Disneyland diplomacy, right? <laughs> if you want a Disney park, 
you have to be on good terms with, with the United States. You have to be mm. Paris or Japan or Hong Kong under the British when they began developing. Um, or Pyong, or Pyongyang. Or now <laughs> China, right? And that park in Shanghai was built. They, they began negotiations to build that park in 1999 when we still thought we could bend China to our whims. Oh, right. you, you so mean the, 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 the free of the market, the free of the people bullshit you hear from yeah, libertarians all the time. Um, yeah. And we thought that, oh my gosh, look, it's a, it's a new avenue for us to infuse our culture into you know, foreign markets. And I mean, the year Shanghai Disneyland opened, 2016, was declared mm-hmm. the joint Chinese-American tourism year by President Obama and President Xi, right? That mm-hmm. that was supposed to be, you know, for greater understanding between our two people. And now we've done a literal heel turn. We've done a 180 on our relationship with China under the Trump administration for good reason, right? And that is, I think, I think the Trump administration is moving in, I think, the right direction um, on the China issue. I don't think they're being as effective as they could be. But I think yeah. that they have the right idea that China is an existential threat. So, I yeah, mean, and, yeah, and, and I will, if I could add, my uh, I, look, I mean, you know where I stand on the political spectrum, fairly solidly left. That is one good thing I will give this administration credit for, is at least have changing the rhetoric around China. No, I, mean, I think now China has become a bipartisan issue, right? I think. And that was really has just happened in the last year. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that the we've last really year, no seen, oh my gosh, China is a threat, and both sides recognize it, and both sides know we need to do something about it, which is good, right? That's the first step to solving the problem. Yeah, it is. So, kind of, again, using that to, again, segue, how do you think a Biden administration would tackle China right now? And, and again, a Biden administration has got to handle all the domestic issues going on right now, the melting down on the home front. Then they have to also handle China. How do you, how do you think a Biden response would be? Well, I think it's very important to uh, remember that the U.S. Um, election security office, I believe that was the office, put out a um, – a report saying that Russia is interfering with the election to favor Trump and China is interfering with the election to favor Biden. Now, when you hear that, that on the surface, you think, oh, well, Biden's going to be more friendly to Trump. But when you read the, the, what the U.S. government thinks the reasoning is, is they view Biden not necessarily as a softer candidate, but as more predictable. They said Donald Trump is a loose cannon and is unpredictable, and we don't know what he's going to do. One minute he's buttering up President Xi, and the next he's waging a full-on trade war. Right? Mm-hmm. So they think they would benefit from having a more stable American foreign policy, even if it is just as hostile. Right? And yeah, but what, what kind of reaction or response could we, could we see from a Biden administration, you think? From what you from you know your public policy perspective, I think the red group would be softer, and I don't think I think the trade wars would end, but I think we'd still see tough actions. Yeah, okay. I think we we'd maybe be inclined to see the State Department biting back more, 
and, and sending more rebukes of China, and those rebukes coming directly from the mouth of the president, whereas now they're coming from Mike Pompeo or some other official under Trump, right? I Trump himself is not... Trump himself is still trying to use the charm offensive and Trump's age have, have abandoned that. You know, I think we would see a more unified response. So as far as like p- policy proposals, like what, what uh, economic policy proposals to level the field or at least try to contain the Chinese, uh, can you think of any off the top of your head? No, I mean, I'm sure Biden has them and I'm sure the Trump camp has them, but I, I couldn't name them. And I, I think that's probably by design, right? I, I don't think we want – either of this person wants to really telegraph what its plans Chinese, are. Yeah. To, to the people, because then that would inevitably, the Chinese would be aware of it, right? If Joe down the street is thinking about it, you know, um, what we're going to do, we have like the 50-point policy proposal, right? Well, that, that's just giving <laughs> China, you know, ammunition. Um, True, you have to but keep I mean... your card somewhat close to your chest. So I think we can speak in... True, but, but um, it's, it's, also, it's also, you shouldn't confuse keeping something closeted from just not knowing what the fuck you're doing and not having a policy. Right. No, and I, I do think both administrations have a policy is what I'm trying to say. I don't think they're willing to telegraph it though. Okay. Well, let, let's, let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, let us hope. Yeah. So that, uh, China, the, uh, the biggest threat to in the status quo. Yeah. In a long, definitely. long time. And frankly, I really, really hope things can at least smooth out for a little bit because I'd really like to see Shanghai Disneyland before the um, the war starts. Um. Oh fuck no, Gray! They're gonna hear. They're gonna hear. Your, they're probably already monitoring our conversations. They're gonna hear this podcast episode, and they're you're like, you're gonna oh, get you're thrown right. into the fucking concentration camps with the Uyghurs. Um, uh, can you, you can't release this? No, yeah, you're um, fucked, man. You you just screwed. I, I got to go ride uh, the Tron light cycle power okay, run yeah. before I... this thing comes out. <laughs> I need you to hold off on reporting on this until like um until after the coronavirus is over. So I can until after thing, go okay. to Shanghai, enjoy the castle of magical dreams, um, and Pirates of the Caribbean battle for sunken treasure, um. Okay, see, so, uh, magical, magical dreams. dreams. What, what's it called? The, interesting. Uh, the, the Castle of Magical Dreams. That, see, hey, hey, look, that's what they call <laughs> concentration camp number well, four zero seven in uh, Xinjiang. And, and that is funny. <laughs> is the Castle that you of Magical that name <laughs> because supposedly, but one of different Imagineers, the Chinese government. You know, usually a Disney castle is based off of one movie. You have Sleeping Beauty's castle in Sh- uh, I'm sorry, in Hong okay. Kong. And in um, California, you have Cinderella Castle in Florida and Stillwell and so forth. Like Cinderella Castle again in Tokyo. I mean, I believe it's um, uh, I forget which one is in um, Paris. I, 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 I think the one in Paris is Pyongyang. also Sleeping Beauty's Castle, but it's a different design. Point is, um, it's based off of one character. And and now with the the new castle they're building in Hong Kong and the new castle they're building in Shanghai, they have in Shanghai, the Chinese government apparently um, told them that they could mm-hmm. not base it off of one IP because that could that would be unfavorable to them to have a 
a castle owned by like a clear, um, you know, another cultural background, right? Like if Cinderella's castle, that's France. If it's the Beauty's castle, that's probably Germany, right? And mm. that would be um, not to the Chinese yeah, yeah. liking. So it has to be an bourgeois imperialism. And you know, when they built the castle, they wanted to put there's a boat ride that goes through the base. And they wanted you to go into the dungeon and there'd be a giant dragon. But they were told no, because a dragon represents oh, okay, the okay. symbol of the Chinese government um, and the Chinese state. So it would be um, highly offensive to have a dragon in the dungeon. Yeah. I, I, this is, again, completely switching gears. But uh, so China is a very interesting system. Uh it's more of a, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously not like a state-owned, like, Soviet-style right. economy. We both know that. Uh, but it's, it is a mix of, like, capitalism and uh, communism, more so than, like, the, the social democracies of Just Europe. I have or, about five more minutes, more so. seven more minutes. Uh, um, but continue. How did, no, you're good. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll finish up with Biden. Uh, but yeah, so how do you think they balance like having all this communist rhetoric, the hammer and the sickle, the picture of Marx and Lenin? But then they, you know, China is home to like what the um, second largest number of billionaires I on the planet. You know, I, I think the Chinese, um, the Chinese Communist Party, um, you know, pays um, homage to Mao. And to Marx and to Lenin, oh, not not Lenin so much, but they they weren't always mm-hmm. on friendly terms with the Soviet Union. Um, um, oh, that's that's good old Khrushchev. <laughs> um, I think that the Chinese government basically employs almost double think. Um, I think you're right. It is, yeah. it is, but it, it, it is a tight rope to balance, up. though. Like. Full props to President Xi. He's got a good rhetoric game going. Like, please don't throw me in the concentration camp. No, I mean, I, some yeah, yeah, I feel like the equivalent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. You're already going there, man. You, you, you're going to the, the, the <laughs> well, you know, Castle of Dreams in Xinjiang province. If, cor- if coronavirus didn't happen, I would have taken same. a lot trip to China. I almost went in the spring, actually. Uh, a buddy of mine, Reese. Yeah. I didn't want to go through, you know, because you had to go through the consulate and all that crap. I didn't want to do that for two months. So a buddy of mine was like, hey, man, why don't you come to Austin for your birthday? I'm like, well, shit, that's closer. That's cheaper. Why not? Yeah. So I went to Austin. I'm very glad I did because uh, I would patient I'm not patient number, number like 15 for oh, the coronavirus. Oh, come on. You didn't visit uh, Wuhan. You'll be fine. Um. That is true. That is true. Uh, but kind of wrap it up because I know you're on sh- you're short on time. Uh, so uncomfortable to say, but yeah, Joe Biden, so, right? if elected, right, will yeah. be the oldest. Alexa, US president, how old right? is Joe Biden? I believe he was born in nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah, I think he would be the oldest. Seventy-seven, isn't he? Newly elected president. Yeah. Yeah, he was born in like I think the Battle of Guadalcanal was going on in late 1942 when he was born, yeah. <laughs> which is insane to think about. 
Uh, anyway, so how? Yeah. So being president is hard. It would be hard for me. Just to the use physical, as 20, you know, as twenty um, early twenty year pressures of the job. I think you know, um, putting aside the the mental, you know, strength. Yeah. You and, and, and and you look at. Yeah, and and I guess the best way is to to visualize this is is like look at presidents before oh, yeah. like the day they take office and like the day they leave office. Holy shit! That, like but Lincoln, Lincoln's the like worst too, case. I think. So... Like holy fuck. Oh, that's, I was about that, that's exactly true. But I Barack mean, Obama, even yeah. Barack Obama. Like I mean, he's got a full head of gray hair, a bunch of wrinkles. He's not that old. Sunken eyes. But anyway, so. Again, Barack Obama. No, he's in. A, he's a late boomer. Yeah. He's like mid fifties, mid to late fifties. So we have a president who's going to be set, possibly a possible president who's going to be seventy-seven when he when he takes office during the worst economic and virological pandemic yeah. we've had since nineteen eighteen and nineteen twenty-seven, respectively. How the hell do you think he's going to be able to balance yeah, all that? That's what worries me. I, 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 along with his I'm age, not sure if he can. I think a, I think he will give a lot of That's, duties uh, to the same vice camp president and a lot of duties to members of his cabinet. And I think his, his top aides will be carrying a lot of water as well, more water than they usually would. They bet that better be the that had he better put together the best fucking cabinet no, I mean, since I, like I Alexander really the Great's general. That's what he's going to rely on if he wins. Um. But that also worries me because I don't think Kamala Harris is qualified. You know, and to do um, all this. we recorded really this just like the day that Kamala Harris um, was announced. When's this coming? When's this going out, Ken? Uh, I'll probably edit sure. it tonight. So, so it'll probably um, be tomorrow. I, day I, tomorrow. You know, I, I know that the um, the the Trump um, propaganda machine, like the 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 the, the 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 Trump you know Republican camp candidates propaganda outlets which the Democrats have too right they have the Democratic propaganda I don't think I've gotten really in full gear yet for um Kamala Harris I mean I saw they put out a singular ad Trump had like just queued up and ready to go um for the announcement and it, I don't even think Trump's oh, gotten his good nickname yet for he's he's going with Slow Joe. And phony Kamala. No, no, the, 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 sleepy the new eye, ad sleepy had, eye, yeah. had slow sleepy Joe sl- and sl- and phony Kamala. And I feel like he, he's so big on the nicknames. Interesting. Like, I'm surprised well, we were... he hasn't gamed out a better one. I think you could just like just stop it. Joe, uh, Donald Trump is slipping like. If you look at 2016 Trump and 20, uh, I think he's 2020 tired. Trump, it's it's almost like two different people, man. I think so too. I think he's lost a lot of his uh, his knack. But uh, we again uh, yeah. down the road, you would certainly be down to do more analysis like this in the future, yeah, in the coming sure. months and weeks, um, especially yeah, as we head I into election season. That just all one more thought about President Trump, and then I'll um I'll be out of your hair. Um, I think that. Okay. Um, I think Donald Trump went into office not really fully knowing the what it was going to be like to be president. I mean, he even said that like a weekend. He's like, "This is harder than I thought," right? And which I was I mean, I, I imagine <laughs> there's yeah. no way you can adequately prepare yourself to be president, right? Like, I think every president 
has said it's especially if you've had no thought. no government experience right like i think even if you go in expect it to be very 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 yeah. hard i think you're still going to be at least a little bit taken by surprise at just how hard it is um and I, i've been wondering this entire time do you think donald trump really wants a second term or do you think he just wants to win a second time you know i i, I don't I think it's yeah. Winning. I, I, I think, I'm not so sure he's interested in serving a second winning. term as much as he is winning a second term. Because because Donald Trump, I know he had to go soon, so I make one one last right. point. But Donald Trump is only three years younger than Joe Biden. Uh, again, the same problems that we have with Joe Biden, we also have with Trump. And again, to Biden's credit, he's actually more physically fit than Donald Trump is. <laughs> And as someone in the medical field, I can tell you all that oh, sure. stuff compounds on itself when you get older. Obesity compounds with high blood pressure. So it's, yeah, no, so um, Donald Trump isn't a spring chicken either. So, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting four years. Let's just hope um, that, you know, I, I said this on our last, um, not this past November, but the November before, I think. We're all voting in a primary. And I said, you know, a tweet. I said, everyone wants the same thing. We all want a better country. We want our country to be more prosperous. We want, um, you know, freedom for all who abide in our land. But we all just have different ideas as to how we're going to get there. And we're all on the same team at the end of the day. And I think I think we lose sight of that. Yeah. See, you, I, I maybe, but your your view is a lot more rosy than mine is. My view is like we're literally the Marius versus Sulla period in the Roman Republic, where it's just tearing itself apart. But again, I'm generally a pessimist. Yeah. You're generally a positive positive well, person. So, agree to disagree.